Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, psychologist, relationship coach, attachment theory expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, author of Love Magnet and Athletic Wear Connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract to healthy relationship. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. Buckle up and let's get vulnerable. If you're relating to this episode where we're talking about dysregulated hormones, low energy, feeling off, I highly recommend working with Dr. Beth Westy. She has been such a game changer in helping me. And I have a special code for you all. When you use the code MORGAN for your Dutch test, you'll get 10% off. You can find the link to sign up. It's super easy. The link is in the show notes. Don't wait. If if you resonated with this, take action on it. The sooner you take action, the sooner you can feel better. I highly recommend to work with Dr. Beth. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. We have a very special guest with us today, Dr. Beth Westy. Welcome, Beth. Yeah, thank you for having me. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited to have you. I have been personally working with Beth, so I have a lot of personal experience that we might dive into, and I know you all will love her. We're going to talk about your hormones, balancing your hormones, and so much more. Um, I want to let you know a little bit about Beth. So here is her bio. She is the author of the best-selling book, The Female Fat Solution and The Female Menopause Solution, the course creator of the 12-week Female Fat Solution Challenge, and the host of the Female Health Solution Podcast. She has made it her mission to change the way women view their health. She travels the country to educate and empower women to take their health into their own hands and use nutrition to help women work with the natural cycle of their bodies to achieve lasting weight loss results. I love it, Beth. Welcome. We're so happy to have you. And then you can find her on Instagram um, because I know how y'all are. You want to look people up as you're listening to the episode. So her Instagram is Dr. Beth Westy, and she posts really great content on there as well. So let's, let's dive into it. I have a story for you. Okay. So I've been working with Beth. I think we're on month two and we did the dutch test which we'll talk about so a whole comprehensive test looking at all my hormone levels and then beth has me taking about 28 different supplements i'm just kidding it's not 28 but it is substantial and it's a whole protocol that she tailored specific to me and I was in the sauna. I'm really fortunate. I built a sauna in my home. So I was, I was in my sauna the other night, Beth, and I noticed something. I was sweating more than I have ever sweat in my life. I'm one of those people where I could do like a 60 minute workout and I wouldn't sweat, but I was in my sauna and even like five minutes in, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm sweating. Can you tell me why? Why would that be <laughs> happening? Why would I be experiencing that change? Oh, that means your drainage pathways are open. So things are going to be moving through your system. Um, it's, it's one of the weirdest things that like you saying, oh, I don't typically sweat. Like I can work out for an hour. I don't sweat. Or if I do, it's not a lot. Like, oh, that's normal for me. Not that great. If you can't, have things move out of your body and sweating is one of the ways that you process things through. Um, we can talk about like some of the pathways, but there's a water soluble pathway and a fat soluble pathway. And the water soluble pathway is sweat. And then like any liquid in your body, your lymph, your urine, all that stuff. But if you don't sweat regularly, then where, how does your body process that? Where does it go? Right. Cause your body's going to have to try and find a way to process it. So what we're doing, especially with the tailored protocol for you, is to open up these pathways, get your system to function differently so that it, it does the things. 
it's wedding it's is working. one of them it is it is so working and i do yeah. i want to go into more detail just on all the changes i'm noticing and what my experience yeah. has been um before we do that though mm-hmm. let's learn a little bit about you can you okay. tell me what was it that brought you to this and why this work specifically so important i why i love it and i get really pumped about it yeah um quick background um i i grew up on a goat farm in minnesota i live in minnesota oh, still gosh. i love goats <laughs> this is great goats is- <laughs> um i was an athlete in high school in college uh, i played volleyball you can't tell on the screen but i'm six two i'm an amazon um, and then after uh undergrad i went to graduate school so i went to chiropractic school and while i was there i had my first two kids as a student i would not recommend very stressful right graduated started a business started my clinic and then uh found out two months later that i was pregnant again so i was less than a year in business and i actually had my third um which she was born two months early um she was a preemie so she was in the nicu for 23 days and just and my business wasn't doing well right like i didn't know much about business i had no idea what i was doing all the things and so this was 2010 when this started that's when my youngest was born um the failing business uh preemie a two-year-old a four-year-old no sleep you know i started getting ovarian stiff i'd never had cysts before I'd never had PCOS. I'd never, you know, none of that stuff. Um, I'd been on birth control for like 10 years before I even started having kids, right? And then went right into having kids. And then my body was trying to figure stuff out afterward during a very, like one of the most stressful times of my life. And I would have cysts every month that would burst. So for those of you that have had a cyst, where you know it, like it can be painful, you can have pressure. Um, you can have, like, it can be difficult to go to the bathroom from pain or things like that. Right. But I would have a cyst that would burst and it would put me on the floor. I could, mm-hmm. you know, every single it, month. yeah, every single month. And I was like, I don't understand why this is happening. So I was going in, I was, you know, they would do ultrasounds. They'd be like, oh yeah, we can see that there's like the remnant of the cyst there, like the just outline of it and then oh there's a bunch of free fluid in your abdomen from where that burst and i'm like <laughs> great but why is this happening and how can we not get this to happen and they were like we're just pushing birth control on me which i was like i don't i don't do well with that i get a lot of side effects from it I'm like no thank you and they didn't have any other solutions for me they didn't have any other answers for me other than to tell me either birth control or to keep getting pregnant they were like just keep having babies if you got pregnant again you wouldn't have this Oh, wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which was, I, I was honestly the, the last doctor I saw in the ER. I was enraged. I'll just be honest. I was irate because my youngest, you know, she was a preemie. So I had a placental abruption. Like I was seven months pregnant and I just started bleeding. Like the placenta came detached. And so that's why she was born early. Like it was like, she almost died. I almost died. I'm not I'm not rolling those dice again. I'm not like, we had three kids, we were done, you know, all the things, but also it was very scary. And to, mm-hmm. you know, several months after having that experience to be told you just need birth control and, or to get pregnant again, I was like, I'm going to punch you in the face, buddy. Like, wow. That was yeah. so invalidating. Yeah. Yeah. And I know a lot of women have that experience with um, trying to seek help for their health conditions, their hormone conditions, all of that stuff being told that they're crazy, being told that it can't really be that bad. Your period pain can't be that bad, really. Like you're exaggerating. So I know I'm not alone in that experience, Um, but I know just how frustrating and then defeating it is because then you don't like, what what do you do next? Where do you go next? What do you dive into? Um, And what I dove into was Eastern medicine. So I'm also um like i went to chiropractic school but i also got licensed in acupuncture and chinese medicine and then since then i've also become a functional medicine practitioner um so it the eastern medicine side of it the chinese medicine side of it that i was like i 
I need to know more about this. I want to learn more about this and dive into how they work with women's hormonal issues. And that's where I started seeing um, just a different way of working with the female body, working with the hormones that shift and change throughout the month versus fighting against it and versus saying, oh, it can't be that bad. Oh, there's these deficiencies. These things are off. Let's target that and get that functioning better for you. So your body functions the way that it should. And you have that ebb and flow of hormone throughout the month like it should be. And when that doesn't happen, there's a disruption somewhere. So, yeah. Yeah. So this really was personal for you of yeah. figuring out for yourself, being able to balance your own hormones and then kind of realizing, wow, I want to help other women with this. Yeah. Yes. So once I started doing this for myself and because I was, I was in practice, I had a clinic and I, it would make it really difficult to treat patients and to do the work that I wanted to do because it would physically stop me. So I started, you know, improving myself. And then through the patients that I was seeing, some of them would say, Hey, I'm having this issue. And I'd be like, Oh, okay. Hey, let's do this this week. And I'd write it down literally on a scrap of paper, hand it to him and be like, okay, come back next week. And then we'll talk about what to do next. <laughs> Drop the paper, um, working on people over my lunch hours, all that stuff To um, that's where this started was when I started noticing the improvements with myself. I started working with uh, my, my patient base that was also in need and it just it honestly grew from there wow so. well it's it's such powerful work that you're doing and i know i was referred to you by a friend who also has seen huge improvements in her health so it is amazing i think that word of mouth once people start experiencing things they want to they want to tell everyone uh, yeah. and i'm certainly that way that's why i'm having you on the show um when when i came to you I was really open with you that I had actually been diagnosed with PCOS when I was like 13, 14 years old. Yeah. And I remember at the time, the doctor was like, oh, you're probably going to struggle to have children. It's probably going to be very hard for you. So I go home and I'm like sobbing. I just remember I'm like, I'm not going to be able to have kids. And I had, and I'm Googling PCOS and I had all these thoughts about it. And then of course, what did they do? They put me on birth control at that young age. And I was on birth control until I was 32. So for about 20 years on birth control and even on birth control, not really having regular periods, still having a lot of symptoms. Do you hear stories like this all the time? What, like, what's your thoughts? all the time, all the time. And it makes my skin crawl. What are the effects of going on birth control for long periods of time like that? There's, um, so there's a lot of information that's coming out now about how people were recommended. Again, I was the same. I was in my, you know, teenage years when I got put on birth control and I was on it until I, well, I actually got pregnant when I was on it when I first did. Um, after, but I had been on it for almost 10 years, right? Like, and it was normal. They handed out like candy, like no big deal, da, 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 da. but not realizing that even at that young age, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, it can take several years for your body to regulate its cycle naturally. Like if you start having a period at 12 or 13, you can be 15 or 16 before your cycle regulates. And that's a normal process. Not, oh, you don't have regular periods. Let's throw this pill at you to make that happen. Your body doesn't get a chance to figure it out then. Um, so, and there's there's a great movie that's just come out recently. Um, the Business of Birth Control, I think is what it's called. They have a great Instagram account too, um, like a documentary where they talk more in detail about some of this stuff. But essentially from being on a birth control, especially at that young of an age, your body's not done growing. Like your growth plates aren't closed. And and being on the pill also depletes your system of certain nutrients, vitamins, minerals, things like that. So your body can really struggle to grow and finish developing in the way that it should, right? Because that pill interrupts that. Not to mention, a lot of times people will look at, oh, I've been on the pill and I was on the pill when I chose my partner. And now I come off the pill and I'm not sure if they're the right person for me. It changes so much. What was you so know? fascinating for me, I feel like I can share this, is that when I came off the pill, 
I already loved my boyfriend at the time, but I fell more in love with him and really had a new level of love for him when I was off of the birth control pill, which was kind of wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's really powerful how it plays with your hormones. And for some people, it swings in one direction or the other. So yeah, there's um there's a lot of, I want to say, long-term impact that people are just now doing the research or finding out about because a lot of us had been on the pill for a decade or two and then seeing the impact of what that's done to your body. But officially, I, I don't even think we really know for sure exactly how that can impact a lot of people. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so true. And then I feel like going through the process of getting it out of your system and then trying to get your body to do what it's supposed to do after yeah. it's kind of been shut down for that amount of time. That's obviously the work I'm doing with you right now. But it's like, <laughs> I tried it for two years on my own and I was going six months, four months without a period. Um, all the symptoms, like my body was not just doing it naturally. Um, mm. Well, it is doing it naturally with the help of natural supplements, but it wasn't <laughs> just doing it on its own. Uh, I feel like I'm going deep. I'm going really deep with you. And I actually want to back up because I think okay. there's probably people in the audience who aren't really familiar with the female cycle or oh. with hormones. So mm -hmm. maybe we can talk about the cycle and then what I'd love to talk about is how people know if they, if they maybe are having hormone issues, like what are some of the symptoms or things they would look for? But yeah. can you tell us about the female cycle first? Yeah. Yeah. Can I draw? On, is that yeah, please draw? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's just, it's easier and faster for me to, um, let me just yeah, move on my ball this on YouTube. So if you guys want to see the visuals, you can go on YouTube. Okay, so just a quick, that's a rough sketch of what happened throughout the month. And again, these are things that we should have really learned in like fifth grade, but sometimes that information yeah. gets left no out, right? No one taught me. Right? Yeah. It's so funny. Like, so I have, you know, three kids and my girls are, um, you know, they're 15 and 13 now, but when they were going through a lot of this stuff, I remember asking them like, oh, what'd you guys learn from your, you know, health class? on hormones and my daughter came home and she was like it's so dumb mom all they talked about was like cramps and being moody oh my gosh and i was like well that's that's not helpful no it's not <laughs> okay um okay so this is estrogen this is what happened uh in the first part and again this is just a rough estimate and when, and we'll talk about like, if you don't have a regular cycle or what that looks like, or if you go a really long time without a cycle. So day one would be the first day of your period, like full, full, not just, oh, I spotted a little bit or something like that. That's, the, that's how you count day one, first day of your period. Day 14 is about when you would ovulate. For some people, if their cycles are a little bit longer or shorter, sometimes that ovulation is thrown off. But you can track basal body temperature or cervical mucus, or your body will give you signs if you're actually ovulating. And then day 28 is when that ends. So estrogen is dominant in the first part of the cycle. Estrogen does some really important things for our system. It will um, you know, build up the uterine lining, but it also helps build muscle tissue, strength. It helps your memory create habits. It helps your digestive system release more enzymes. There's all these things that happen in the estrogen phase here that are essential, right? And then we, post-ovulation, kick over into progesterone. Like you have to ovulate actually to create progesterone. So, so there's that caveat. If your estrogen levels are off, so if you're estrogen dominant, it can sort of squash progesterone, meaning it wouldn't allow you to ovulate or ovulate on time. So that can get kicked off, so you won't have that progesterone. But progesterone is the countervalve for estrogen. So it's going to slow down the digestive system. It helps you rest and sleep more. It's just a different focus completely than what estrogen is. And when people say balancing hormones, I think in our mind, we think of, oh, they should be the same, which is not the case. Our hormones should ebb and flow throughout the month, right? And you go through, I'm going to make this kind of messy. Like if I were to draw here, like week one, 
two, three, four, and just look at week one, what's happening versus like week three. You're in a totally different body. Mm. Your hormones are doing something totally different. And especially as an athlete, once I started understanding more about my system, I was like, oh, duh. No wonder why sometimes I'll go to do a workout and I feel amazing. I feel like oh, I'm in ripped. Like, beefcake in the like awesome and my recovery time is really good yeah that's weeks one and two i get to week three or week four and i'm like oh my god i try to go for a run and i feel like my legs are cement yeah. you took a different body for a run that day you didn't do anything wrong or different you are you know using a different hormonal body then that need different recovery time different nutrient support all of that stuff so that's the most important thing to recognize with a hormonal cycle is to understand where you're at and what your body's doing and kind of align your lifestyle, your nutrition, your exercise, all those things to match that versus saying, oh, I feel tired today. Oh, I didn't have a good workout. I should work out twice because right. I didn't burn enough calories here. Your body's not designed to be focused on that there, you know? So. Oh, this is so important. And yeah, none of, I mean, I, I don't know any women that actually learned this at a young age. I feel like if you have learned this, it's because you've gone out of your way to go learn it. So I'm so glad that, that we're talking about this and, and tell us what would be some of the signs that your hormones are out of whack or that you're not, that you're not functioning properly. What could people look for? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, just sorry. You would also ask like, regular hormones regular cycle so if you have a regular cycle you can say yep my cycle is every 28 days or this many days and i don't have symptoms it just shows up it shows up on time it's a non-event i don't have to cancel plans or it's not painful or whatever that's normal where it's not normal is when all of a sudden you'll have really long gaps in between your period it's really really painful pcos or endometriosis or adenomyosis or fibroids things like that um, breakthrough bleeding throughout the month, also not normal. A severe mood swing, not just PMS, but like PMDD, where you can't get control of your mood swing. Um, stress responses, all that stuff, where you're like, yeah, this is, it's disrupting my life. I, I was with a gal, we started working together last year, and she would have to plan her whole life around her hormonal cycle like she would get invited to her and her husband would get invited to a dinner party with friends and she would literally have to check her calendar and be like okay am i supposed to be having my period then or not because otherwise i can't leave the house i can't get out of bed i that much pain so a, an impact on your functioning yeah me i i definitely think like when i'm thinking about this for me when i would get my period it would feel like knives in my ovaries is how I would describe it. Um, I yeah. would have to take my doll, like just yeah. have to. And, and I wonder about this, Beth. So you, you know this about me. One of my big symptoms was fatigue, like just so yeah. much fatigue. So, yeah. so tired. Is that yeah. also a sign that that can be connected to your hormones? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fatigue headaches, other pain conditions. Sometimes women get achier joint, shoulder pain or neck pain or something that's recurrent around this. And sometimes you might be thinking, oh my gosh, I do have shoulder pain sometimes. Huh? And then you track it and you're like, holy crap, it, it's connected with, with my hormones. With yeah. Cycle. Yeah. Yeah. But, but fatigue, absolutely a huge symptom. Um, and oftentimes it's because our system is depleted of some of the nutrients that we would need not because we're doing it wrong. We just didn't realize you need more nutrient. You need more calories here. You need more minerals, more fat, more protein at this point versus this point because of what progesterone does for our system. So I like yeah. days one through 14 the best. Am I alone in that? I'm like, I like, I like the first half of the cycle. <laughs> yes. I feel really, really good. During that time. But I, I think it's also some of my um, just my coping skills in life is be productive, get things done. So my, my real growth area, like so many women is learning mm -hmm. how to slow down is learning to have less things on the calendar, having a long bath, having the sauna resting. 
I'm, you know, I'm calling it like my soft girl era. I'm sure we've all seen that like on TikTok, yeah. but I, yeah. it's wild really embracing that and seeing how much of an impact it has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Long it's amazing style. when you start working with your body that way and not, cause it also plays a role in how you feel. I don't want to say just mental health, but how you feel about yourself and your self-esteem versus saying, oh, I'm just lazy here. You're not lazy. Your body's slowing down for a reason because you've been pushing too hard. You know, right. you're going like a freight train and this is not freight train zone. <laughs> this is yes. freight train zone. So, yes. so, so important. Um, I was going to ask you just about if there's, if there's someone listening where They've never heard of this before. They've never even thought about their hormones. They've never even thought about their cycle. Mm-hmm. Like, what would be some of the beginning tips that you would have someone do? Yeah. So a lot of what I talk about is, well, figuring out where you're at, um, tracking, counting days. You know, you can use an app. You can take your basal body temperature to figure out where you're at, that type of a thing. This changes, of course, throughout your life. Um, but then just starting to eat for your hormones in your cycle. I talk about eating cooling foods here and warming foods here because your basal body temperature is lower here and higher here. That's what helps align with all of that. You can do seed cycling. You can um, just pay attention to your how your body responds at first and, and note that. One of the biggest things I notice for myself personally even though I do this work, right, is when I started diving into how I feel, I noticed that it's literally right here. At this point in the cycle, I get very overwhelmed in my physical space. Like my day, husband's very- Day 21 for anybody who's listening. Day day yeah. 21. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get, like my husband's very touchy-feely, loves to snuggle, hug, all the things. And I'll just be like, okay, just for the next day, just don't, no, thank you. No, thank you. I said, I said at first, it'd be like, oh, are you mad at me? Or is there a conflict? Or no, I just, oh, yeah, nope. And then, but like, and again, I'd be in my head, what's wrong with me? Why don't I like this? Is there something going on? Is like, what's wrong with me on this versus, oh, just not feeling it at day 21. Just not, not on the radar. Day 23, fine. This is day, day yeah. 18, you know, or any other day that's fine. But there's usually one day where I just. There's something so empowering about this. And I think it allows us to have so much self-compassion once, once we, we understand what's going on. Just yeah. like you're saying there of not taking it personally. It's like your husband's not doing anything wrong. He's thinking about you. It's, it's what your body is doing. So then by understanding that you can have compassion instead of judgment. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Which is yeah. always helpful, as I say, in mm-hmm. all, all the work I do as well. We need we need compassion. Um, mm-hmm. Beth, I want to switch topics a little bit. I mean, it's it's definitely related. Tell us about cortisol and how our friend cortisol really can also play a huge role in health and hormones. Yeah, cortisol is a big underlying issue. Um that can throw things off. And that goes back to even where I think my PCOS stuff started was the sheer immense amount of stress that I was under at that time in my life and hormonally vulnerable. Um, So your adrenal production, your cortisol response, all of those things. And sometimes we think of it like, oh, I should be able to handle this. Why is this bothering me now? Or I've had a very stressful job for years. I'm used to it. No, your body has a threshold that it gets to. And for a lot of women, and this is just what I find clinically with the women I work with, that your body can only put up with it for so long. And then there's a breaking point. I mean, it's giving you red flags along the way, which we usually ignore or brush off or, you know, blame on something else, but it will get to a breaking point. And then the bottom falls out and then you're like, okay, no, can't do it anymore. And that cortisol has a huge impact on your hormonal production, maintenance, all of it. Um, most common example is if you're under a lot of stress, one, like you have a very stressful event of some kind. And then the next period that you have is late or you skip a period. Why would that be? 
your body's cortisol production literally doesn't allow for that ovulation to happen. Then. So it's, it's very common. It's very, yeah. very common. Yeah. And this is, I know when we looked at my cortisol levels, what we saw was a huge spike in the morning and then it would just like be non-existent. So it's interesting because we need a healthy level of it. So if, if yeah. you have zero cortisol, that's also bad because you need a healthy, a healthy level to have energy. So I would yeah. have these huge energy spikes where I'm on like high alert and then just nothing for, yeah. for the rest of the day, <laughs> which made sense. Which is... I'm like, I have to work between 10 and noon because that's when my brain will function. And then after that, yeah. it's kind of iffy. So nope. it, it's, it was so wild for me to realize that. And then I, I gave up my morning coffee, which has been a huge, huge Ooh. sacrifice. But honestly, I feel so much better. And I'm sure it's the coffee and all the things we're doing mm -hmm. that, gosh, I just feel like, wow, I, I now think I have cortisol probably steady throughout the day. Yeah. Um, I know we're going to do our retest, so I can't mm -hmm. wait to see what, what that looks like in a few months. Um, but it's, it's just amazing. Like even having that knowledge, how empowering that was for me and how it's helped my energy levels so much. Yeah. 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 It, it's one thing also to realize it. So when we did the testing, we did a Dutch test, um, which is the urine test for hormones, and it helped you to see what your hormone levels are doing, your adrenal function, and then it tests your cortisol throughout the day. So my favorite thing about that is that so many people say, gosh, I don't know why I'm not feeling like this, or I'm just not motivated in the, in afternoon. the afternoon, motivated, right? Like it's in your, like it's in your head. You just gotta get after it. No, like you don't have cortisol. You don't have any gas yeah. in your tank. How are you? How There's are you? no gas in the tank. You can't, yeah. you can't mindset your way into having energy for sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then with your levels being so elevated earlier in the day like that's an aggressive way to start your <laughs> just up oh, yeah. well what's kind of wild is I did this for years where I would wake up and I would have an energy drink like with 200 milligrams of caffeine in it and I would go work out for 90 minutes and then I would go see eight clients in a day I would work for eight hours straight and and I was able to do that for years yes. But then just like what you said, I had just enough stressful events happen in my life and I was under just enough stress that probably about a year ago, the fatigue was just there and that gas tank started getting empty in the afternoon and I just kind of ignored it, ignored it. Um, and then finally, I'm dealing with it and here we are. And yeah, it's amazing to see that, wow, I can have energy again. Um just so so grateful that that I found you and that we did the Dutch test and I'm on this journey it's been so so helpful yeah yes yeah it really shows a lot and there's a difference between a urine test and a blood test the urine test shows us so much more about your hormones how they're processed and like we talked about at the beginning with those pathways what pathways are working what pathways aren't working and where do we need to target to course correct here as quickly as possible. Like turn this ship around and get it moving in the right direction. Cause it's usually by the time people take a dust chef and, you know, find me, it's usually a bigger issue. Yes. That. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I will say just talking about cortisol and stress and how that impacts healthy hormone function, my brain starts to think about trauma and the impacts of trauma knowing that I experienced a lot of childhood trauma, a lot of chaos um, early, early on in my life, I have no doubt in my mind that that impacted me developing PCOS. Yep. hundred percent. The, um, in the programs that I have, I actually talk about trauma um, and the impact of that hormonally. There's like, it's some like 90 some percent of women that have hormonal issues have a history of trauma you know, either yeah. childhood or with a, with a partner or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, and I'm, I'm no different either. Right. I right. In your grew up an abusive exactly. alcoholic father that, you know, impacted a lot of that for me early on as well. So it's, it's one of those things that, yes, you like understanding more about 
your life experiences and how your body is set up and that cortisol response, the adrenaline response and what your body does to survive. And then at some point it just, it can't keep pushing because it's burned out. So, yeah, I, I so relate to that. And I think what's interesting is I've done so much um, work on my brain and, and there's, there's obviously so much that I've done with rewiring belief systems and becoming securely attached and feeling really emotionally good. So I know even before working with you, it's like, I feel, I felt really good emotionally, but I still felt off in my body. And to me, it's, it's so fascinating how those things are connected. Like, uh, you know, it really is the body keeps the score, that wonderful book. We, mm -hmm. we have to address all areas of healing. Um, and I, I talk with a lot of people who go through my Empowered Secure Love program where we focus on rewiring your brain for secure attachment. And I talk with them about the importance of looking after our bodies. And I've even gotten to the point where I will recommend acupuncture to clients and just, just acknowledging the huge mind body connection. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I find too, for a lot of people that have been through trauma and why I think it gets to be a point where it's so bad before we do something about it is because our pain threshold is also very different. Yes. You just, you're like, oh yeah, this, this is terrible. Or I have a really bad cramp and it's hard to stand up, but I can still physically walk in the kitchen. So I'll keep moving. The pain, no. the pain threshold is so yeah. high, isn't it? For people yeah. who've experienced trauma, I've realized that our ability yeah. to just keep going because mm -hmm. that's what we learn to do for a lot of us at a young age. It's just that survive and keep going no matter yeah. what pain I'm experiencing. And that can work against us when it comes to our health. It, it honestly, can, that is one of the hardest things that I come up against on a daily basis with people is. They'll like, I'll ask about gut health issues and they'll be like, no, my gut is fine. And then we start working on stuff and they'll be like, oh, I'm not bloated every day. And my stomach doesn't feel bad. And I'm like, it was, it, and they don't realize how bad it yeah. was until they start feeling better because that was their normal baseline was having that high pain tolerance every day. But when we start taking that down, they're like, oh, I feel better. Absolutely. That, that, okay. I really relate to that of just my own, my own ability to just cope with things. And then, yeah. wow, I started to feel really good and kind of realizing I didn't know that I could feel this good. I think it had been so long or I hadn't felt that way. So it's, yeah. it's amazing once you start showing up for yourself and you start seeing the shifts, being able to go, oh, maybe this is what I'm supposed to feel like. Like I should have energy. I should feel good about my day, right? Even the work I do with clients, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm excited about my day. I forgot what that was like. Yeah. And it, it's so heartbreaking when, when we think about what we're willing to just settle for or, or put up with for months mm -hmm. or years or decades for some of us. Yeah. Um, so you're, yeah, I'm so, so happy to connect with you. I have one more thing I want to ask you about. I feel like I could talk to you for mm -hmm. hours, but you know, when we met, you talked to me about having this gene. We didn't do genetic testing, but it's mm -hmm. probably a likelihood. And I think it was like the MT. MTHFR. MTHFR. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I did go down the Google rabbit hole on that. And I found it, oh, of course. And I found it super fascinating. Um, tell us a little bit about like how somebody might know that they have that and what what is it? Yeah. So one of the things that is uh, tips us off to that is your um, estrogen processing that we see on a Dutch test. Right on page three, it shows us that they're methylating. And methylation is a step in that detoxification process of your body, which is, again, that those pathways we talk about, drainage pathways, how things are processed through. Methylation is a very key step. It's like some of the spokes in a bicycle wheel. If you're not methylating, some of those spokes are going to be really short. That makes a bumpy ride, right? <laughs> so we want to focus on methylation and getting that to happen. But there are some people who just genetically, they'll have genetic SNPs. Um, MTHFR is one of the most common ones, and there's a lot of info on that. And there's also like MTRR. There's other genetic SNPs that are present COMT that impact your methylation as well. Um, for those of you that are listening that are like, oh, I'm going to go down the rabbit hole too. Awesome. Um, but it impacts how your body can process these hormones. So 
when we talk about genetic, the uh, the phrasing is, you know, genetics loads the gun, your environment or lifestyle pulls the trigger and stress, trauma, all that stuff that that's what pulled the trigger. Genetics loads the gun, methylation turns off the safety. And then your environment or lifestyle pulls the trigger. So for what I find, especially for people that have hormonal issues, they've had them for a long time, um, stress response issues, all that stuff, they're also bad methylators. And getting your body to methylate changes so much in your life, how you process through things, how you, how your immune system functions, how your gut functions, like everything starts to improve when you methylate well. And we see that on a Dutch test of how are you methylating estrogen or not? So you, I mean, and then you can also get genetic testing too. Um, some people like to do that. Some people are like, nope, I feel better when I'm helping my body methylate. So I'm just going to keep doing that. I have definitely noticed a difference with that. It It is wild. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was so grateful to learn about that from you. You know, what's funny. I was thinking about this, Beth. I haven't even asked you about weight loss and I'm actually so proud of myself for that because usually it would have been like, oh, you know, how does it connect to weight loss? That would have been a huge priority. But mm -hmm. I think my mindset has shifted so, so much on just, I want to feel good. And yeah. so I didn't even bring it up in this interview. That's how much my mindset has shifted. Um, but we know, let's just, let's talk about the women who are like, Hey, I gained 15 pounds or I've gained 20 pounds. I feel terrible. I want to lose this weight as quickly as possible. Let's, let's just talk to them a little bit about why, what we just spent all this time talking about is actually better than going on a thousand calorie a day diet or whatever else crazy thing there is to do. So yeah, t tell us about that a little bit. Yeah. History of diet culture, all that stuff for the female body does nothing but trash your metabolism. And our bodies are not designed to burn fat all the time. A lot of the studies out there, I mean, I have book lists um, on my social media links and stuff where I recommend different books that talk about the research and stuff that's out there. And this is really present in diet culture where they'll, they'll say, do this and you'll burn fat. Do this. And I'm like, they did all the studies on men. They do these studies for, oh, take this supplement before you work out and you're going to burn fat. I'm like, they did that study on division one male college athletes that are 18 to 22 years old. That's not the same as a 39 year old female who's been struggling with stress for a decade and a half. Like, get out of here. So when we talk about your overall metabolism, why your body gains weight, the body never does anything without a reason. So there's a reason that it's going to gain the weight and your body will do that because it's being protective. Um, it's not processing, detoxing, methylating well. That's a huge piece of weight loss resistance. It also then can throw off your body's nutrient processing. So when we talk about metabolism in general, there's three components to your overall metabolism. How you burn energy is just one piece of it how you process nutrients, and then how you detox. So if you're nutrient deficient or you're not detoxing well, you're also not going to be burning energy, meaning you, your body's not going to be focused on burning fat. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter how much or little you eat, how much or little you work out. It's not a priority. Yeah. That's just female physiology, you know, baseline. So there's other differences too. When we talk about the hormonal cycle, estrogen burns carb better, way better than progesterone does. So if you're changing your nutrients or restricting things, I mean, when I, was, <laughs> when I was in high school and college, it was all the no fat, low fat craved phase of things. And that did nothing but thrash your hormones. So I think about like, how did I develop hormonal cysts at, mm. I think I was 20, yeah, 29. Um, how did that happen for me? Oh, weird. I was on birth control for a decade. and had gone through however many years of doing no fat things. You need fat to create and support your hormone. Oh. So, <laughs> so I love how you say like, episode, right? it could, it really could. Yeah. So but that's the whole thing. Um, yeah. But... Like functioning better. So you feel better is the start. Like when you feel better, when your body is in control, it will get to your natural healthy weight then. Yes. It's not the first thing that happens. It's usually the last thing that happens is that you get to that healthy weight, but it's because your body's 
functioning the way that it should. And then you maintain it though. You don't have to work to keep it. You don't have to keep going on crash diet after crash diet. Like this is the last, I'm using air quotes, you know, diet you'll ever have to do. It's just working with your body because then you just, it's, you it's keep, just natural. you keep it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think about you have to create the, the machine, right? It's like yeah. the machine has to work properly. Um, yes. and I just, I know so many women out there where they're like, oh, I've tried everything. I'm working out seven days a week. I'm, I'm intermittent fasting. I'm only eating during a six hour window. You know, like, I mean, I just, I hear all these things. Um, and I'm, I'm so grateful that there's people like you who are saying, well, Hey, let's, let's take care of our bodies. Let's make sure that our bodies are functioning well and that we're feeling good. Mm -hmm. And then that's, that's really the foundation. And of course there's lifestyle things with movement and, you know, getting to proper nutrition. But if we don't have that foundation of our bodies feeling good, nothing, mm -hmm. nothing we try you know, is going to get the result we want. Or if we do, it's temporary. Yes. Yep. And then on average, women go on four diets a year. Why? Because we love dieting. Can't wait to do it again. No, <sighs> something didn't work and we're not happy with our physical appearance and we don't feel good. But yeah, it, it, it's a whole different road when you work with your function first. If I could go back to me in my 20s, oh my gosh, I would just say like, you need to learn how to love yourself and, and you need to learn how to regulate your nervous system and balance your hormones, get out of fight or flight mode, reduce yes. your stress response, like quit spending two hours in the gym and eating chicken and broccoli three times a day. Like yeah. I just, I know so many of us can relate to this, but man, I have so much compassion for just those old belief systems and shame and guilt and all, all that stuff I used to think about myself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I have the same for, I know so many women who have the, the exact same story and they try so hard. It's not about trying harder. You know, it's, it, if it was about trying harder, it would have worked. You know, it's yeah. finding your hormonal balance and, and your center for you. And working with that. Working. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. Well, I want to encourage anyone if they're curious about working with you, I think the Dutch test is such a good place to start. And I know you offer that where they can take the test and then they can have a consultation with you that is so in depth and they actually get the yeah. recording of the consultation. It's amazing. Um, and I know I have a special code for you for a discount. Um, it's just Morgan. If you just use the code Morgan, um, we'll have that link in the show notes. But if this really resonated with you and you're like, hey, I need to do something about this. I need to educate myself. Please go, go take the Dutch test. It's so in-depth and it's so helpful to see it on paper. What's going on in your system. Yes. Yeah. And I promise you, you will not be able to interpret it yourself. You need Dr. Beth. Because this thing is wild. There's no oh. way. It looks like a foreign language. So she she breaks it down and makes it super easy to understand. But don't be under the delusion that you could just take it yourself. You, you do need someone to interpret it for you. Yeah. yeah. Beth, is there anything else you would say to the woman who's maybe struggling in her body or she's really new to this whole world of balancing hormones? Anything you'd want to say? Yeah. There's it's not just in your head and you're not crazy. That's the number one thing, which I, which is why I love doing Dutch tests is when we look at a Dutch test and I hear this every single time without exception, when I go through a report with somebody and I tell them, this is what I'm finding. This is what I'm seeing. You're going to be feeling like this at this time of day, this at this time of day with what I'm seeing with your estrogens. I would expect this to be really tough for you. And even if they don't, you know, they don't write it down. I can be like, this is what I'm seeing. They're like, oh my God. How did you know? Like, I'm like, I'm psychic. I'm not psychic, right? I have no <laughs> fancy ability like that. I'm like, this is just what I'm seeing in your report. And they say, holy crap, it's not in my head. Yeah. The it is not in your head. This yeah. validation and uh, like just the awareness of what, what they are feeling in their system is real. 
and that that brain body connection that actually gets reinforced then for them to say yeah i don't care what your blood lab said a urine test is very different right it's yeah yeah so oh this has been so so good thank you so much for taking your time to be with us on the show i really appreciate yeah. you beth tell us yeah, once again, thank you for having how, me yes how can everyone find you i know i mentioned your Insta your instagram <laughs> but tell us all the ways to connect with you all the, all the ways so i'm on the socials, uh instagram probably the most um and I do, I, I, yeah, Instagram the most. I'm on Facebook, Dr. Beth Wesley. I'm on TikTok, Dr. Beth uh, Wesley. You would be both trying, like, just give it a shot. <laughs> I don't know. People do these dances, and I'm like, I, I don't. It's for you. You also have a YouTube, right? I feel like you have a, I have a YouTube. YouTube channel. Okay. Yeah, I have a YouTube with thousands of hours of yeah. videos. So this is, this is just literally a, drop of the tip of the iceberg of what you can dive into with information on female hormones and all the stuff I put out. But yeah, I have my podcast, The Female Health Solution. And then, but the, my YouTube is really where all of my stuff is archived. So you can go through years of videos and information where I'm giving away the farm. Um, and then I have, you know, I have a book, The Female Fat Solution, The Female Menopause Solution, which again, tells you all this stuff too. But a lot of times it's just the beginning. So those are great places to start. But then if you're like, okay, I looked at this and this has been helpful and I learned about this, but my situation is like that, okay, yep, then let's do a Dutch test because that really lets us know exactly what's happening for yeah. you specifically. Oftentimes it's usually at a point where, again, the, the general information can be helpful, but to really get traction in the right direction for you, it's that customized, um, specific, you know, protocol that helps shift things overall, which I know you experienced, which oh, is so yeah. great. I love it. I would highly, yeah. I would highly recommend getting, getting the test just to get the personalized, um, you know, the answers. I think we all want answers. Like you deserve your personalized answers. Uh, yeah. and the, the Dutch test is so great for that. Yeah. Well, thank you, Dr. Beth. This has been amazing. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I love this. This is so fun. Yes. And I can't wait. I know I'm going to come on your podcast as well. That's going to be so fun. I can't wait for that. Um, and then who knows, we might have to have you back in the future. Um, I know that there's always so much more we could talk about. So thanks again. Yeah. Thank you. And to everyone listening, of course, we are wishing you high self-worth and great relationships until next time. Thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram or Facebook. Make sure you tag me. It would mean the world to me if you took just a moment to leave me a written review on Apple Podcasts. This podcast is not free to produce. And the more that you help this show grow, the more people will be able to help. Until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.